0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is the Express for Saturday, the 17th of June, 2023. Coming up, we'll talk about Openscape, Ira, and a mental health app. You're
2: listening to Double Tap Express. Your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and
1: Sean Priest. Hey Sean Priest, happy weekend. Happy Saturday to you, Stephen. How are you? Oh, do you know what? This voiceover thing is terrible. I've given up. I'm so fed up with it this week. And I'm not oh. even on the beta on my Mac and I'm getting oh. absolute garbage out of this. I'm sitting here, <laughs> we're just about to start the show. Oh dear. And I'm trying to get it to read. Just, you know, basic things like, you know, what's actually under the cursor, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> not interested. Just abs. Just giving
3: me lots okay. of nonsense. I think we should say at this point, hello, Apple Accessibility team. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for listening. He's very, very sorry. Um, no, I'm oh, not. Okay. Uh, well, Don't right, apologize no, just, for me. I'm, not, right?
1: I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm fine. I, I'm fine with my anger. As you well <laughs> Your know. rant, a Saturday rant. <laughs> well done, you. Oh, just sometimes, you know, it's like. So I got that, and it's funny I, I, when I restarted the Mac earlier this morning. It came up because for whatever reason, VoiceOver was off. And if it's off when you restart the Mac, it will not run the because I have the priority VoiceOver. Remember the oh, thing we talked of about a Yes. And I had that priority VoiceOver feature, um, that script, and of course, it won't run if VoiceOver isn't running. Which kind of makes sense, right? I mean, that's yes. obvious. Uh, so, you know, uh, that hasn't run today. And I'm having all these problems. And I find that quite interesting. Today, I haven't run that, having all these issues. Whereas previous saying, days, uh, not so much.
3: Are you saying that's the cure all?
1: No, everything? it's not the this cure all. a magic script. Mm, it's not the cure for everything. But it does, I have noticed, just in the past couple of, I don't know if it's maybe a, a new update or something, but the, the focus issue is even beyond the focus issue. It's like, it's, it's as if voiceover stuck. But the actual focus is moving around on the screen, but it's not reading anything. It'll just read the same thing over and over again. Well, you know, you asked me to set
3: up that M1 Mac Mini today. You're really just presenting a strong case. I, I really can't wait
1: to set it's up this. It's gonna be great Mac. fun. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to hear you get enraged by it because I, oh, and I will. Yeah, it's uh, weird, isn't it? You? Well, welcome to accessibility. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be great. Anyway, uh, yes, welcome to The Express. This is the show where we look back at the week, but we also get a chance to uh, explore some interesting stories. Today, we're going to hear from Anja Wisotska, who created an app called Rooted. And this was all because she was having panic attacks. She'd had a panic attack. She wasn't sure what it was, if it was a panic attack or something worse. And when she found out what it was, she came to the conclusion that other people could maybe do with getting some assistance because there were just very little resources out there. So she created an app to try and help people who felt they were going through panic attacks and how to perhaps stave them off. Really interesting story. It was on Double Tap TV this week with Mark and I, and we'll hear the full interview with Mark here on Double Tap Express today. So that is coming up, uh, which I think is great. I mean, a lot of people don't even know they're having panic attacks. Just no idea.
3: No, I you know, for the longest time, when you hear a panic attack, you think it's someone just getting a little bit, you know, worried or anxious. But it can be so much more than that. It can be really debilitating. Yeah. It's it's uh and it is prevalent in our community as well. People because you know, it mm. <laughs> stress is a trigger and we can get stressed easily.
1: Yeah, and blindness does bring about a lot of anxiety. Of course. And I must yeah. admit, it was something I never realized. I would never put two and two together on that one. When it's when you know started losing more vision, anxiety levels for me would go through the roof, and I had never experienced that before, ever. I was one of those people who you know thought I had quite good control of my you know emotions of my you know my anxiety. I thought I was fine. I thought I was okay with it, and then suddenly I would just get really anxious. And I I must admit, two years probably being locked in the house due to the pandemic, I should add, Mm. um, didn't help. Right, no. and that was the case for a lot of people. So, you know, you, it was compounded by the pandemic as well and the lockdowns that followed it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the majority of the time, I'm like you. I feel like I'm I'm okay. I can cope with things. I'm pretty chill. But, there, you know, it can just come at any moment, that anxiety. Like answering the door, for example. The other day I answered the door to get a, a parcel from a certain online store, obviously. Allison. And the guy just wouldn't talk. Oh, um, You yeah. know, he's just, I'm just putting my, yeah, what is it? And nothing there was a grunt and that was about it yeah i just put my hands out like i'm like i'm going to give him a cuddle and uh (laughs) next thing i know there's a parcel in my hands but you know that sort of thing it just uh it gets me anxious as well as annoyed
1: yeah well we're going to talk about this app today which sounds like it might be able to help people sounds like a great idea so uh, that coming up also we'll be talking about uh, open space we'll be talking about uh, Ira as well Uh, way around tags and also negative julian got in touch this week with a fantastic demo on how to uh, make sure his clothes are accessible to him so he knows what is you know what what he's putting on in the morning uh kind of uh i have to say a fairly unique thing that i had never really thought of uh, in terms of nfc tags um often think of these things as adhesive stickers but actually they come in many different forms so we're going to talk about that Today, But of course, we'd like to start off the weekend with the news. Grace Goffield's here. The news.
4: Thanks, guys. A replacement for the popular navigation and orientation app, Microsoft Soundscape, has finally arrived. A group of developers are behind the new OpenScape app, which is currently in beta phase via test flight, with the potential for new beta users to join in the testing process soon. The app comes after Microsoft announced it was moving Soundscape onto a new open source phase and published the code onto GitHub so others could take on the project in their own way. Double tap listener Mark, who is from Montreal, says while there are a few issues, he is glad to see it return to the Apple App Store.
2: It's in development. I'm having issues of trying to put local or searching for or local things that I can find in the regular soundscape and have put into soundscape but i hopefully they'll fix that amongst other things or enhancements. so i'm looking forward to the evolution of the app as it comes along and hopefully they'll let more people in and open it up a a little bit more Uh, i did uh, provide my comments to the developers
4: Reddit users continue to protest this week at the company's decision to charge huge fees to third-party apps, including many that make the experience more accessible to disabled people. The company is standing by its decision with the CEO, Steve Huffman, telling employees in an internal memo to block out the noise and that the ongoing blackout of thousands of subreddits will eventually pass. There was some hope for accessibility focused apps at the beginning of the week with the news that such third party apps would be excluded from the charge. however, longtime moderator of the popular r slash blind subreddit Samuel Poole says it's not the good news blind and disabled people were hoping for.
5: Many of the third party apps that we were using were actually intended for everyone. Uh, They had great voiceover accessibility. For example, Apollo on iPhone is the tool that most of us as moderators use. But that app is also used by sighted folks in the same way that Spring for Twitter was, right? It was great and it was accessible, but it wasn't just blind people who used it. As Reddit defines accessibility focused, it would not be eligible for an exemption because it is accessible, not accessibility focused.
6: Developing Story
4: Canada's government has made a move to keep blind pedestrians safe. They've said that all hybrid and electric cars, which are almost silent at slow speeds, now have to make some kind of noise. This is especially important for people who are blind. The new rule, called the Canada Motor Vehicle Safety Standard, follows similar legislation in the United States and Europe. It applies to all kinds of vehicles, including buses, cars and trucks. There are some differences between the rules from the U.S. and Europe, though. For example, in the U.S., cars have to make noise even when they're not moving. But in Europe, that's optional. While it's a big step towards keeping people safe, there is one concern. The new rule doesn't say what kind of noise the cars have to make, which could create new problems for blind pedestrians. Google Lens is now able to offer more information on that pesky rash that you're not sure whether to worry about. In a blog post published this week, Google outlined how the Lens Image Search feature built into its apps on iOS and Android can search for skin conditions, like an odd mole or rash. It'll also work on other parts of your body if you want more information about a bump on your lip, line on a nail, or hair loss from your scalp. Crucially, however, Google warns that results are informational only and not a diagnosis, and says users should continue to consult your medical authority for advice. A new device is being developed to help guide people with visual impairments through the use of touch. The Dornell Project from the French Research Institute INRIA has created a smart handle that can be attached to various mobility aids like walking frames, white canes, or electric wheelchairs. The handle sends tiny vibrations to the user's hand, indicating the presence of obstacles or the direction to take. Mary Babel is a teacher and researcher at the Institute. She explained how the device would work c'est
7: à partir d'un type de projet qui s'appelle un défi inria. On a essayé de définir. We tried to define a solution to assist with navigation and demobilization for people with disabilities. This solution is a physical handle that integrates sensors, actuators, small motors, which can reproduce a whole range of sensations. Permet de restituer tout un tas de sensations. Thanks to these sensations, we will be able to guide people to ensure their ambulation, and we will also be able to warn them of any potential danger to ensure the safety of their navigation as well. The people who will use this handle are people who have mobility difficulties, whether related to visual, motor, sensory motor. Or cognitive impairments, We will use technical aids for mobility to be able to plug this handle into these aids. There is the walker, the white cane, the pre-cane for young children who are learning to walk with a pre-cane. There is the electric wheelchair on which we will be able to plug this handle. There is the electric roulant on which we will be able to plug this handle c'est pas de la It's not magic. It's really the idea of using the tactile sensation, touch, using the sense of touch to provide information during ambulation. When we walk, the sense of touch is perhaps the least used sense, and therefore it is available for us to send additional information to the person who is ambulating. voyez des informations supplémentaires à la personne qui déambule. Pour to make the person understand that something is happening, we will try to generate sensations with the help of small motors, small vibrations, skin stretches. We will try to play with all kinds of sensations to get the user to understand that they need to go left, right, or stop, for example. The walkers that we designed with the first trials, with handles, with vibrating feedback based on what our environmental sensors perceive to help avoid bumping into everything. In short, these walkers are functional. We have already tested it at the Raylaru Center, which is near Rennes, a pediatric center, where a young man has been using it daily for over a year, which has really improved his quality of life as he now walks, whereas before he used to sit. This is the first, let's say, success story of the project, and we are also rolling it out with the Institute for Blind Youth, which has taken it up, and there are two young boys who are also testing it in real life.
4: And finally, the movie all about the fall of a Canadian tech giant is now available to stream at home. BlackBerry, directed by Toronto's Matt Johnson, stars Ottawa's Jay Burrishell and Glenn Howerton. It chronicles the highs and lows of the once iconic phone brand from the perspective of its creators. The movie is based on Jackie McNish and Sean Silkoff's book, Losing the Signal, the untold story behind the extraordinary rise and spectacular fall of BlackBerry. Available to purchase only, you can get it on Apple TV for nineteen dollars ninety nine cents, and on Prime Video for nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. That's Double Tap News. I'm Grace Goffield. Back to you guys.
1: Thanks, Grace. Some really interesting stories in there. Uh, Yet another product that we can clip onto our cane. Yes. Um, Um, Okay. I'm I'm slightly worried because I don't think I've ever ambulated. And if I have, I've never known. I've been in an ambulance. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I've been ambulanced, but I don't know if I've been ambulated. I've ambled. I'm not sure if I've ambulated.
3: Um, No, hey, I mean there's a few examples she gave there of it where it's been tested and and used and made a difference so you know i'm not going to write it off but um i have to wait and see if this actually is of any use right because so far it's it's hard for technology not to get in the way of something like a cane for example um for other devices like a walker or a, a wheelchair maybe i don't know
1: I just think sometimes people could do with learning a simple truth, which is that the white cane is enough for many people. The guide dog is enough. Uh wheelchairs are different because of course electric wheelchairs will have lots of different functionalities to them. Yep. And, you know, I, I would say that wheelchairs perhaps could do with maybe more features for its user, but because they maybe don't get in the way of navigation, for example. In fact they could benefit from more navigation, right? You know, I mean yeah. some people might just have clip a, a handle onto their uh, you know, or maybe like an arm onto their uh, wheelchair so they can connect their phone to it or something, you know, charge the phone, you know, that kind of thing if it's in an electric wheelchair. Uh, yeah. That's all good stuff. But with a white cane, the people, I think, these researchers often forget the purpose of what the cane is. That is for touch. <laughs> it is. It is. It is neat. It's not just about bumping into things. It's about understanding the ground you're on. It's about understanding yep. the type of ground. It's, you know, noticing the drop off the kerb. It's all those things. It's more than just, oh, I've walked into a wheelie bin. Yeah. Um, but- and I, th- I think oftentimes, I, I often ask this question, don't, we always ask this question, don't we? How many blind people did they get into the room before they started developing this? It's one thing after the fact, but, you know, did you even talk to blind people beforehand? Now, I don't know in this case. They may well have done. But I just think it's, it's I'm talking more kind of overall, because I see these projects all the time. And I think, yes. who asked for this?
3: That's right. I mean, we don't want to be too dismissive because it, you know, it may be fantastic. Who knows until you actually try it. But yes, we're yet to be convinced, I think, is the standpoint on this. But then again, as someone recently who's had to use a walker, I had to use a walker for weeks yeah, and weeks right, and weeks yeah. and I couldn't use my white stick. Uh, sorry, I know people don't like that. I'm going to say white stick. I can't use my cane. Why, who doesn't like that? Oh, I've been told before. I don't oh, what, people on the that. internet? Oh, yes. don't listen to them. Okay. That's pointless. All right, sh- don't get into a rant already. Uh, no, you're right. Um, yeah, using the walker actually is it's surprising. I was using the walker like a stick at some piece. I was swinging it around to fill <laughs> the door frames and things. But um, yeah, maybe there there is a, a perfect uh, use case.
1: So I oh, uh, have an image in my head now. It's You know, in those uh, birthday parties, when people bring out those really, I think, quite sick uh, blow up versions of those. It's like blow-up versions of a of a, a Zimmer frame type thing. I've never seen that Have before. you never seen this? Oh, it's so, it's so inappropriate and yet so funny all at the same time. Uh, but, you know, that's what people do. They kind of walk around and you just, you just throw them around in the air. It's uh, oh, ridiculous. That's never weird. seen a blow-up white cane. I'd love to, is that no. thing? No. Let's put that in the merch store. Let's put that down. We'll <laughs> get that developed. That's it for your next um, bridal party or whatever you're doing, you know. Steady. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on.
3: <laughs> or can I just quickly say, Reddit. I mean, that really took a turn, right? We are going to come back to that, yes. Okay, we are.
1: We'll definitely okay. come back to that story because I want to focus on the Openscape story today because Openscape uh, was a huge story this week and you know it came out just mm-hmm. at the tail end of the week uh, before we saw that uh, this had just appeared as a beta. Now, the beta program is still full, Uh, We were kind of told midweek that there would be opening up for more people. Uh, That didn't happen. Uh, So, you know, clearly a bit of development work going on. We were also hoping to speak to the uh, developers, but that still hasn't happened yet. We will definitely be keeping in touch to make sure that we get them on when they can. Um, I imagine they are being inundated by people who are feeding back on all this. We, We had an example there of Mark who had managed to get on the beta And, you know, he's been having a few issues. That's natural at the early stage of any new app development, even though people might think you're just essentially taking the Microsoft Soundscape app and just making it available again. That's not really what's going on here. Um, But, you know, just to give us a flavour of what this app was all about, uh, Michael Babcock got in touch uh, with us over the weekend. He went out and managed to uh, do a little demo for us. And this is how the new app will sound. OpenScape Beta.
0: Double tap to open. Open Cape menu, button.
7: Lions Club Park.
2: All right, so we're going to do two things here. Number one, I'm going to drop you into a real quick explanation of the app. And then I'm going to use the magic of audio editing to bring in some street sounds while I get a brief explanation of what's around me. Hope you enjoy.
0: Sleep, choose destination, search field, places nearby, button, markers and roots, button. Current location, button. Here are my surroundings, heading. My location, button. Around me, button. Ahead of me, button. Nearby markers, button. Around me, button.
2: All right, here's where I come in with some outdoor sounds. Hold on. There we go. All right. So you should hear those in your headphones now. Hopefully you listen to this with headphones. And now what we're going to do is we're going to overlay what it would actually sound like if you were really out and about. Let's see if I can even grab a cane sound too.
0: Here you go. Around me.
7: Masonic Cemetery, 880 feet. Coquille High School, 165 feet. Faith Lutheran Church, 0.3 miles. Lions Club Park, 130 feet.
0: Ahead, around me, button, around me.
7: Faith Lutheran Church, 0.3 miles. Coquille High School, 165 feet. Lions Club Park, 130 feet. Masonic Cemetery, 880 feet.
0: Markers and Roots crosswalk 930 feet southeast near 1079-1099 north central boulevard coquille oregon 97423
2: button all right i'm gonna step in here this walk is going pleasant let's flick down on this point and see what
0: options we have share open cape street preview delete edit marker start audio beacon this activate default we start audio beacon markers and routes
7: 935 so
0: feet I think
2: it will be correct
0: Load. CROSSWALK. START AUDIO BEACON. MARKERS AND ROOTS.
7: 935 FEET.
2: And that's all that I have to demo for you. Hopefully it gives you a quick explanation of what this OpenScape app can be. And this is Beta 1. I haven't even gotten an update to the Beta. So uh, if you're familiar with Soundscape, looks like this will be something you can enjoy, too.
1: Yeah, thank you to Michael Babcock for sending in that demo so early on in the development. Of course, it has a long way to go. Uh, although how that long that is, we don't really know. We've no detail beyond the fact that this is now out as a beta. People are testing it and feeding it back, and we will hopefully get more information in the next week. We're just desperate to get this app back, aren't
3: we? Oh, we are, That, and I think that's kind of the problem where... So desperate for any information on it, and the developers quite rightly are sort of you know we're still working on this, and we just want <laughs> we want more, please. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we got to give them time to you know, sort
1: this out, so they're on a good foundation for when this is actually released. So beta is currently full. Uh, but we will definitely keep you up to date here on Double Tap as we know more. Uh, let's move on to Reddit. You you were keen to bring this up, and, and quite right so, because the Reddit story has just continued and continued and continued. I kind of thought we'd get to this point in the week, and something would have happened, but it seems as if the protests that started at the beginning of the week, a lot of subreddits going dark, essentially not allowing people to even see them, even if they were subscribed, that's continuing. And it will be the case for, for it seems, until, I guess, the, the the management either relent or change the the whole approach here, which is essentially, if you've not been following this story, Reddit have a, are beginning to charge exorbitant fees for access mm-hmm. to their API. something we've seen Twitter do, um, essentially trying to cut down, I think, on the number of third-party apps out there and really focus everyone's attention on the Reddit app, which, of course, doesn't work brilliantly for us as blind people, because nope. there are many third-party apps that do make this whole thing more accessible. What's, what's been your read on this story this week?
3: Well, oh, I, I think it's a change, not just of you know, their decision. I think it's a change in their attitude. The, the Hoffman comment there about, you know, uh, just ignore the noise and it will basically, it will all blow over as it always does bef- uh, before. It's absolutely missing the, the, the feeling in the Reddit community. And it's absolutely terrible. Um, so, yes, it was only meant to be two days, but now lots of them are carrying on and making it, you know, we will reopen when there's a, a bit of a dialogue going on. Simply putting your fingers in your ears and saying, la, 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 it will pass from Reddit is just such a misstep. What a terrible missed opportunity this has become. And, um, yeah, it just sort of reinforces their, the, this attitude that they, you know, they can do what they want. Um, yeah, not a good move at all.
1: No. Well, we had Samuel Pruell on this week. You heard a clip of Samuel talking. Let's hear more from him uh, because I asked him to comment on this uh, report that we'd heard early uh, last week that apps that promote an accessible experience would be exempted from these charges. This is what he had to say.
5: I want to start out by saying, yes, it's good news that we have been listened to and that we have gotten a response. Um, You talk a lot about it being important to congratulate companies who do a good job and who do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. That's important. And there are a lot of folks in in, in Reddit who um, are really taking this to heart and considering some of these issues. However, it's important to focus on the wording that Reddit actually gave us. They said that non-commercial accessibility-focused apps would be exempted from the API pricing. There's a few problems there. First of all, many of the third-party apps that we were using were actually intended for everyone. Uh, They had great voiceover accessibility. For example, Apollo on iPhone is the tool that most of us as moderators use. But that app is also used by sighted folks in the same way that Spring for Twitter was, right? It was great and it was accessible, but it wasn't just blind people who used it. And so as Reddit defines accessibility focused, it would not be eligible for an exemption because it is accessible, not accessibility focused. The second problem is that they have said non-commercial. Now, if you think about a lot of the apps and tools and software that we use. They are developed by commercial developers who I think should be able to make a living developing tools that we, the blind community, use. Um, If you think back to tools like Chicken Nugget, right? That was a tool that you had to buy and that you had to pay for. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. People with disabilities, people who are blind, we're not a charity. And so it's a real problem for us that Reddit has decided if you're building an accessibility-focused app, it has to be non-commercial, and you can't make a living doing it. We have reached out to Reddit to get clarification on what they mean by accessibility-focused. There was a public Ask Me Anything held by the CEO of Reddit on Friday, uh, in which he was asked that by many people on Reddit. We have yet to have an answer. Um, As well, some of the apps that were listed uh, in the announcement that Reddit made about how accessibility-focused apps would be exempt, um, their developers had not been contacted by Reddit and have not heard from, from Reddit a couple now have as I'm speaking, but um, there are still developers who have reached out and who have not heard anything about like, how is this going to work? What is this going to do? How do we apply? How do we keep this up to date? That kind of thing. And Reddit also hasn't announced any process for creating a new accessibility focused app, right? Is there a form you need to fill out? Is there an address you need to email? What What is the process? What is the requirements? All of that has yet to be clarified. Now, to be fair, this app pricing change doesn't happen until July first, so there is still time for that to happen. Um, but I think it is important for those of us in the blindness community to continue participating in the in the in the uh, protests and in the conversation with Reddit and in the negotiation and continuing to band together as a community until we perhaps get some changes, get some clarification. Uh, on on some of these issues,
1: Samuel Purl there, who's one of the moderators on the r slash blind uh, particular subreddit, and uh, that was one that went dark this week, among many others uh, that have gone dark and stayed dark over the week. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting conversation to be had here, Sean, about you know the role of accessibility apps when they yep. try and mainstream too much. I think there's something really interesting in there. Anyway, uh, stick around, lots more to come as Double Tap Express continues.
2: Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap.
1: Welcome back. This is Double Tap Express. Now, this week on Double Tap TV, we heard from Anya Vysotska, the founder of Rooted, which is a mental health app. Anya shared her personal journey of experiencing panic attacks while studying and talked about her struggle to find accessible resources for help. Let's hear more of that interview now with Double Tap TV's Marka Flallow talking to Anya about her story, which sheds light on the importance of mental health well-being.
8: So I was in my final year of university when I experienced a panic attack and it felt like it came out of nowhere. I had never experienced that before. I didn't quite understand what panic attacks were. And so it set me on this like really difficult journey of navigating that and dealing with the debilitating effects so it wasn't until I really collected the resources that were helpful for me that I thought, "Wow, this should really be an app so that it's more accessible for others." And that's how rooted was started.
6: How were you able to identify that you were you were having a panic attack? did you have you heard of other people's instances? did you were you able to identify it?
8: I was not. I basically went to a doctor because I didn't know what was happening. I thought maybe I was having a heart attack or something really bad was happening. And then I was told that what it was was a panic attack. And later on, I realized that this is actually extremely common. People think that they are having a heart attack or even dying. And they go to their doctors and they realize that it's a panic attack. And so, you know, that there is a lot of misinformation and maybe knowing about it earlier, I wouldn't have been so alarmed.
6: What did you experience? Can you describe what you experienced? Can you describe what you've learned since then? that would help other people identify the fact that they're not dying and they're having a panic attack.
8: Yeah. I mean, I think it's great to go get checked out by a doctor anyway and go through like checkups, make sure that your heart is doing great. You know, then you'll have more peace and calm knowing that that's not the issue. So with me, what it was, was a lot of shaking, trembling, uh, racing heart, racing thoughts. The mental side of it was really difficult. Uh, really, yeah, kind of doomsday thoughts, really dark, negative, feeling like something is extremely wrong, but I can't identify it and I don't know what it is. Uh, A lot of people also get trouble seeing, like blurred vision. Uh, They'll get trouble breathing, like uh, hyperventilating, stomach issues. You know, it's really the physical and the mental really do blur together in these cases. And It's a lot of unpleasant situations that you wouldn't wish on anyone, but it's always good to go get a checkup with the doctor and make sure that they can assess what it is for you anyway.
6: You know, I I had, uh, there was one instance that I remember in my life uh, that I had a panic attack and I remember it was before doing a broadcast for a hockey game and I I don't know what brought it on. Uh, I remember something wasn't working and then it was a domino effect of events that happened at that time. And I remember just almost, not blacking out, but but feeling like this, I just cannot deal with this. I need to take myself out of this situation. And that was the only way for me to handle it. Um, thankfully, in that particular situation, there was someone to back me up and was able to fill in and do what I needed to do. But I remember calling my wife from the car going, I don't know what's going on, but I just had to leave that situation. And it's not fun. You know, it's not, a, you know, for people who have never suffered from a panic attack, it is not fun. You have no idea what's going on. I didn't think I had a heart attack or anything was going on to that extent, but I can imagine it's just absolutely startling and just really kind of sets you off. And I understand why it could lead to further anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera. So, so let, let's talk about um, the app itself. Walk me through, you know, how the app works, the experience, what someone who might be suffering from panic attacks or anxiety, how they would use that app and how you intend it to be used.
8: Yeah. So if you're actually... Using rooted, you could be in the midst of a panic attack or keen to kind of learn what anxiety and panic attacks are and how you can work through them and mitigate them in the short term and the long term. So, we've got an actual panic attack tool that will help stop a panic attack in its tracks as it's happening to you. It's an interactive tool, so it's based on how you're feeling in the moment. We also have different lessons on actually understanding what anxiety is, so sort of the, the things that we just talked about, right? What is a panic attack? Why might it be happening to you? And, and how do we get started in healing that? And then there's lessons on what to do in the short term. So thinking things like diet and exercise and how we can work to incorporate lifestyle changes to mitigate some of these sensations. And then also the long term. And that's more like, how do we even talk about ourselves to ourselves right? Because people with anxiety and panic attacks, they happen to often have a lot of issues with self-esteem after time and or over time. And, you know, this can really change the way that we approach ourselves. So it's got all those different lessons. And then it also has a deep breathing tool. It's got guided visualizations. And I say visualizations as opposed to meditation, because for folks with anxious thoughts, sometimes it's difficult to sit in silence. So we offer visualizations as in you're constantly being given something to think about, and you're prompted and guided quite a bit and then journaling, a check-in tool, and a deep breathing tool.
6: Talk to me about accessibility for a second because this is a super important element of what you're doing is making sure that people with all kind of forms of disabilities or abilities can use the app. Is that something that was always on your radar, or is it something that kind of popped up because I know that you know publicly and globally, the accessibility mission is something that constantly grows and i think a lot of people didn't even honestly know about it to be perfectly honest and that's not you know to blame anybody but was it always on your radar
8: yeah so candidly no because again i didn't create the app with the goal of like i didn't have a target demographic in mind it was Mm -hmm. more so okay this is what i needed let's see if others needed that too And then that's why it's been so cool to learn from users to learn about what they need. And I think there's still more work to do. I think audio has been really one of the key things that I've learned just hearing from, you know, thankfully with rooted, we have over 2.4 million downloads. So the user feedback we get, like we get thousands of it per month. So it's not, so we do get a wide, uh, you know, wide perspective on, on what issues people are coming across. And so, Audio is probably the key thing. The other thing is making sure that if people want to use larger text, that it's still fitting in the screen and they can still use the app nicely. Uh, I think there's still more work to do, and I'd love to learn even more. I guess I just didn't come at it from that business perspective of, oh, we need to increase accessibility for business reasons. It was more organic. It was users really providing their feedback and then us wanting to, to make it accessible because again, panic attacks being universal. I just, yeah, the goal is to really make it so that they aren't in the situation I was in when I had a panic attack and I had no family doctor. I was on student loans. I couldn't afford professional help. So I really want to make something that people can use. And, and that means making it for, for different learning styles and, and making it more accessible. So I'd like to keep growing in that.
6: Can you tell our audience where they can find out more um, uh, because the spelling of rooted is not uh, not very common?
8: Yes. So it is R-O-O-T-D. And admittedly, I could not afford the T-E-D So at the time. So that's how that started. Uh, but it's like being rooted in the ground like a tree. So if you think of a large oak tree during a storm, they're not going to topple over. They have those roots that ground them. They might sway a bit, but they'll be fine. That's the goal with Rooted users is when those feelings hit, when those sensations hit from a panic attack, you are going to experience them. But ultimately, you're okay. And, and Rooted is there to guide you with that and help you. So it's available in the app stores and it's available on online. You can find the website at www.rooted.io. <sighs>
1: That was Anya Vysotska talking to Marka Flalo this week for Double Tap TV. You can watch that episode in full and all our Double Tap episodes of our TV show on the AMI app, also on the AMI website, AMI.ca, and on YouTube as well. Just search for Double Tap On Air on YouTube. Very interesting application, Sean.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and it just shows you, you know, because sometimes you think of things like anxiety, stress, or uh, even you know panic attacks. It's just a, a mental thing, but there's real physical effects to this, and they can be severe. I've been to hospital myself with somebody who was having a panic attack, and um, you know the symptoms explained there were exactly it. It was almost like a heart attack. It was yeah. really debilitating.
1: Uh, let's move on to Ira because that was another big story this week. And uh, Ira has a new feature which is called screen share. Now, you might be thinking, hang on. I've heard about this before. Screen has been around forever. <laughs> well, it has on a lot of the uh, desktop applications. You know, for example, you could use TeamViewer to share your screen, or you could use Chrome Remote Desktop or all those kind of applications. But it's now available on mobile, courtesy of Ira's new Explorer app. And uh, Janine Stanley dropped by to explain how the features work and also tell us about a new podcast launched this week.
9: For
10: about, oh my gosh, it's probably been two years now, We have not had a way for people to share the screens of, in particular, their iPhones. Android had it, I hate to say this, but they had it way before the iPhone. You could share your screen. You could even have the agent manipulate your screen for you through Android. That's less and less. Fewer and fewer Android models have that capability anymore. Um, I don't know if the pixels do or not. I think the pixels were the first to drop it, if I'm correct. All the Android people are going, Janine, you're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Stick to <laughs> Apple. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but we had in the past used TeamViewer quick support mobile app. And for some reason that broke. And we, and I will be very charitable here, uh, we tried very hard to work with TeamViewer, the company, to get this to work again. Nothing. We have tried very hard to improve the desktop version of TeamViewer. Nothing. We are not fans of TeamViewer. We are looking at other options. And yes, we have looked at RIM and will probably be reconsidering RIM at some point, Uh, but For the mobile environment, we said, okay, we we have nothing here. We're not sure what to do. And then we realized with the Flutter code base that we could, in fact, make a screen share program within the app. And now that's out there in the wild, and you can share your screen, which a lot of people have been asking for to do things like depositing checks. Um, If your bank doesn't have a really good program, that's audible to be able to center that check in frame or a credit card or a gift card in frame, something like that. Um, or just to be able to say, okay, I'm on this website. Can you tell me what this picture is? Or can you tell me the layout of this website or this page or this app uh, agent so that I can actually do this myself?
1: Have a listen to this. This is Janine. Testing out this new feature on her iPhone and showing us how it would work in practice. Uh, this is uh, from your uh, Ira podcast.
7: Loading. Calling, calling Ira. Minus 30.
1: Minus 30.
7: Waiting for agent. Waiting for agent. Connecting to agent. Connecting to agent Roly. Connected
10: with agent Roly. Hello,
2: this is Roly with Ira. What would you like to do today?
10: Hello, Rolly. Well, today we are going to test the new screen share feature. I'm on my phone button. here, and I'm going to hit the more options end button. Call. Button. Mm-hmm. Oop. More options. But not the end call button. There we <laughs> go. Switch to front camera. Share screen. Button. Share screen. Okay.
7: Connected with agent Rolly. And duration thirty. Open message panel. Button. Turn on privacy mode. More options. and call. Button. Okay. Everything on your screen, including notifications, will be recorded. Enable do not disturb to prevent unexpected notifications. Let me know. What Everything you on your screen. Sure. Media, screen broadcast. Heading. Okay. Screen Selected, broadcast. I explore broadcast. Button. Start
10: broadcast. Start button, broadcast. Button, there we go. All, two, one. Uh-huh. All right. Three, two, one, and now you. Stop broadcast. Should be. Fire oh. Explorer broadcast. Screen curtain off. There we go. Turn off screen curtain. Oh, oh, there there we we go. Go. Yeah. Screen curtain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That is the biggest thing. Oh my gosh. All righty. Now I'm going to come over here. Fire Explorer active. Photos active. Okay, I have a photo here, and if it's the one Mm -hmm. that I think it is, and it should be my uh, freehand drawing of my cat.
9: Freehand drawing of your cat, okay. Yep.
1: So, you know, that's you able to show that image to Rolly, and and he's able to give you whatever information you want from that, which is really cool. I always find it fascinating whenever you use an app with someone on the other end of a phone, because they're always waiting for you to talk to them, but of course we have so many buttons and things we have to navigate through first. It's almost yes. like hang on, hang on, just wait hang a yep. yeah. Yep.
10: And it makes for a confusing demo too. It's like, okay, when do I stop talking and let the voiceover talk? And uh.
3: I just liked his name, Roly. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm assuming because of the broadcast uh, words that are used there. This isn't an interactive thing, not like TeamViewer or RIM. They can't Correct. actually take control. You're just simply Correct. streaming whatever's on your screen to the agent.
10: Correct. And in the mobile environment, especially Apple, uh, they do not allow for screen control or remote um, control of your device. So unfortunately, we've never been able to do that, and on at least on a mobile device now you know, on your PC, the reason that our desktop app, quote-unquote desktop app, doesn't have its own remote, uh, you know, control, basically, is that it is a web app. It's a WAP. And WAPs don't allow, you know, for security purposes, you don't want them to have that capability. And so, you know, we haven't built that in. However, you know, we're looking way down the road and saying, you know, Maybe we should make this a desktop app or make a desktop app version.
1: Listen, I want to mention as well uh, your new podcast, which just launched this week. Tell us about that.
10: Yeah. So Access Matters is our new podcast, and it is really aimed at our access partners and Mainstream folks who are curious about why Ira, why do these blind people need this crazy app and what are they doing with it? You know, and what are businesses doing with it and how does that affect business? And in our first episode, we had Clark Rockville from the American Council of the Blind and Mark Riccobono from National Federation of the Blind talking about why, why does access matter and why does it, why is it such a big deal? And it's a big deal because everybody just wants to participate. And when you allow people to participate, you're going to see some sort of a positive spin to your business. And so that's what we're really pushing with this podcast. Um, Our next episode comes out on Monday the 19th. We're going to be talking about air travel. Yay.
1: Always good to get uh, Janine Stanley back on the show. (laughs) She's uh, the, the most excitable person I love Having Janine <laughs> back on, she's so good uh, talking uh, about Ira, of course. And a great feature, which you know, it's interesting because you were quite concerned about how people, not concerned about how, you know, why would people use it? What would people do with this particular feature? I think was yeah. your question.
3: It was the practical use because for me, the, the the thing with screen sharing is more the agent being able to interact with your screen if you were experiencing problems. Um, but actually, as Janine said, there are other uses where it's just. Simply being able to see what's on your screen is really useful because you forget that, you know, in in normal use, you can use the IRA app to look at your computer screen or whatever, but it can't see itself. You need a second device. So this solves that problem and it, it could be really useful.
1: Yeah. Finally this week, we talked quite a bit about NFC tags and listener Negative Julian got in touch to share his thoughts on how he identifies clothing at home and gave us a little demo as well.
9: Hello, everyone. Negative Julian here in sunny Suffolk, United Kingdom. And today is sunny and warm and lovely. But I've retreated indoors away from sunburn And it seems like a good time to share with everybody a solution I've recently found to a long-standing problem. Um, There's nothing new under the sun, so I'm sure the professionally blind will say they know all about this. But I didn't, and I'm sure there are others who also don't. So, all to the good. Um, First off... Technical details for those who are interested. I'm recording this on a Motorola G30 Android phone running Android 12. The software is Easy Voice Recorder Pro and I'm recording directly onto the phone using its own internal microphone so I hope the quality will be okay. A little later on I may also involve my Pixel 5 running Android 13. That's if you care. So the problem, the long-standing problem I've had is knowing what I'm wearing. Specifically, in my case, trousers or pants, as our American friends would have it. Uh, a, for example, three pairs of jeans, one pair the traditional denim blue colour, one pair black, and a third pair a very pale blue stonewashed affair. And they all feel very much the same so I can't tell anything that way so how do I know what I've got wrapped round my legs? I've tried various solutions over the years uh, mostly the RNIB Pen Friend which is okay as far as it goes but even using the laundry specific labels that they recommend I've always found that not very good particularly in the The adhesive only seems to last for about four or five washes and then the labels are peeling off and getting lost into the washing machine filter or whatever. It's just not very good. You can try actually sewing those labels into position. That works, but it's finicky. And even then, when you want to find out the colour of what you're wearing, you have to find the pen friend in whatever drawer or cupboard you keep it in, turn it on find the exact spot to poke it at to get the result, then turn it off, put it away again. It's a lot of faff just to find out the colour of a pair of trousers, to be honest. So the solution I found, a few weeks ago I was on eBay and I just tried uh, typing in as a search, laundry proof NFC tags. And I got a few results, not many to be honest, most of them were just waterproof self-adhesive tab tags, which uh, I didn't think would do the job very well. But I did find a button-style tag. And uh, this was stated to be waterproof, detergent-proof, and more than usually heat-resistant. And I th- thought this might be interesting. And crucially, through the middle of this tag are two holes so it's just like a button. You can sew it into position. Uh, to describe the tag, according to eBay, it's 24 millimeters in diameter. Uh, it feels slightly less than that to me, but uh, that's what it says. It's about 2 millimeters thick, and in the middle it has these two holes, just like a button. The whole thing actually feels very much like a standard medium-sized sort of button hard plastic i'm told it's black two holes in the middle so i've been sewing these into various pairs of trousers uh we've gone through mm, three or four washes on one pair so far and everything's holding up very well you can scan from either the inside or outside of the trousers because you only need to be within a a centimetre or so to get a scan, and you still need a standard place to put it. And the place I've found, if you've got a rear pocket on your trousers, you will more often than not find it's double-seamed in that it's attached to the hem of the trousers at the top and then about an inch, two and a half centimetres further down, it's attached again, sewn all the way across, and that's where the pocket opens on the outside of the trousers. So seen from the inside, you've actually got a sort of little tunnel there, formed on one side by the pocket material, and on the other side by the inside of the trousers. Uh, and that is wasted space, and it's an ideal position just to poke one of these um button style nfc tags into sew it in and there it is out of sight out of mind and in a position where it's not likely to snag on anything so hopefully once in it's going to last as long as the trousers do so that's my solution and i'm going to try and demonstrate It to you now. I've got a pair of trousers here and I've got my Pixel 5 here. I've got the trousers and I'm going to wave the Pixel 5 over the tag and hope that you can hear the result.
0: New tag collected dark blue rugby trousers, 38 inch waist, 29 inch inside leg. Purchased in Sharingham 2023.
9: So there you go. You now know that I'm a short legged, rather tubby person who has very little dress sense and was recently in North Norfolk. I'm also rapidly balding. Control yourself, ladies, please.
1: Thank you, Negative Julian. That is it for Double Tap Express this week. Thank you for all your contributions. Please do keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com is our email address. 1877-803-4567 is our number to call. You can also find us across social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Mastodon. And, of course, we're on YouTube with our Double Tap TV show as well, which you must go and check out. Uh, what week, Sean? I know, absolutely
3: amazing. Some great contributions there, i got to say. Negative, Julian, amazing. Thank you so much.
1: And the stories we're watching next week, of course, we're going to be uh, checking out this OpenScape beta as soon as it becomes available. Fingers crossed we can get our hands on this, <laughs> our grubby little hands on it, and uh, lots more besides. Keep your comments coming. We are off for the weekend. Have a great one. We'll catch you Monday. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Bye-bye.